regular, regular features. A regular, regular, regular features. A regular, regular, regular features. A regular features of Sean. Hello and welcome to Regular Features, the podcast that is exactly the same every week. As always, it is me, Matt Lees, joined by Gav Gavin Murphy. Hiya. Steve Stephen Hoggerty. Hello. Oh my god, every time I say your name now, I panic that I said it wrong. I think, I, I think I've developed a genuine, like, stress response to your name. Did I say I'm it not right? not saying anything. Fuck! I'm not saying anything. Fuck! Else. Fuck! I'm not going to tell you. <laughs> what about how you pronounce his name? Yes! Yeah. He, yeah. It's yeah. Steph. <laughs> how many episodes is this how many years, how many is years this? of friendship is, is this 10 are we coming up on 10 years i know but i've been i've looped i've looped around it now it's become like this weird thing where the memories have written over each other and like so many times that i've like my brain's now second guessing itself and yeah, gaslighting it's hard, itself yeah it's 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 I've got... names are names are difficult no something's happened i had it for years and then i i lost confidence and something's Did just you? broken did I? Did I? <laughs> oh. What features have we got, boys? I broke the news to the world that Betty White was dead. Long live Betty White. I lost an important document and had to go and fight the Queen herself in order to get it back. And I've got an update from Stephen Hendry, who is still deep underground in his personalised panic room, having seen coronavirus two years ago. Boys... It sounds like we are Corat. Corum. We have Corum. What do you say? There's Corum on the word? curtains. Who did it? <laughs> Who came <laughs> on the curtains? Let's do some features. Regular features. Come Guys, did you know that Betty White died no. the other day? No. Yes. Oops. Yes. Sorry. I knocked over my Betty White mug. The character from Cluedo? <laughs> yeah. Where did she get killed? Was it in the drawing room with a candlestick? I wouldn't make too many jokes, mate, because people are livid <laughs> at me already. Livid um, at the fact that Betty White's dead. Angry at the universe. Well, I th- well I think they are angry at the universe and they were looking for someone to take it out on. Um, but basically, I was finishing editing the podcast on New Year's Eve and I drank half a bottle of wine in about 30 <laughs> minutes while I was editing it. And then I just... You were coming over, Steve. I needed to finish it quickly. So I was like... And then I had to come up with the headline, the title for the podcast. And as I was trying to come up with it, I learned... <laughs> That Betty White was dead. Um, so I just wrote for the title of the episode of the podcast, Betty White is dead. Um, it, it's not wrong. No. no it's no, just a bit absolutely. blunt. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, get, it's what happened. you got to get those clicks. Yeah. And that's if, if the angle we haven't taken with this podcast all the years. You'll what never about, guess if Betty White is dead. What about if we approach it from a perspective of just being a news outlet? We're just yeah. that each podcast just gives you some news in the mm. title and then the rest of the podcast doesn't. But I think that's I think that's a bold new angle. No, I think Steve, but you've got it it wouldn't be able to do that. We'd have to put you'll never guess Betty White's breathing status or something <laughs> like that. Like, You're going to get in more trouble now, again. 
uh, it'll have to be like that. But I, 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 so I just wrote that in there, not thinking anything. And then I wrote in the, I wrote in the description and in the Patreon post, I just said, Betty White is dead. We don't talk about that on the podcast at all. I'm only putting this here because it just happened. I was hoping that someone finds out she's dead by reading this. Imagine that. <laughs> well, you see, I think uh, considering all the things we've said about people who have died on this podcast yeah. over the years, I think that is so factual. I can't see why anybody would yeah. be particularly bothered by that. But were people... I'm getting the sense from you, Gal. I'm getting the sense that people well, weren't happy with this. So then I also I also went on and I said, imagine your grandkids asking you, grandmas, do you remembers how you found out Betty White's was dead? And you say, yes, it was from a bit of Patreon-exclusive text written by an odd Welshman. And they'll laugh as they take you back to your space nursing home in their rocket car. I was generally... Uh, curious to see who, if anyone, would learn about the news through a podcast title or a bit of text. It was the, the same day, wasn't it, that, that episode went up? So it was pretty, Mate, pretty quick. I, it was like seconds after BBC reported it. Because <laughs> I was looking. I'd done the art. I was looking at SoundCloud. We you were on your way. I was drunk, and I, I was half drunk, and I was like... Betty White is dead. Safe, done. It's gone. We all come from a journalistic background. It yeah. runs in our blood. Every now and then, some of that blood spills onto the dashboard. And I'm sorry exactly. if that offends you. Um, ten drunk monks on Patreon said, "You got me, Gav. I found out from this Patreon exclusive text. Thanks. Now my space grandchildren will laugh at me." Um, over in the Discord. Uh, which you can get access to if you support us on Patreon. Over in the Discord, Kiss said, I actually didn't know Betty White was dead until I read the podcast description. Congratulations. And Julia's not bra but bee panties also got the news broken by me. And she said, absolutely 100% heard from the Patreon email. Would start working on grandkids to make the prophecy complete. But the reason I hadn't, ha- hadn't heard the news previously was that me and my partner have been playing Mario Pit Cross for the last four hours. So it might be a bit of a struggle to be fair. <laughs> I think so, Mario Picross is the ultimate aphrodisiac. Yeah, <laughs> but I was like, okay, that's that's fine. And then I got a text from a uh, friend of the show and uh, a bit of a wannabe podcaster herself, Sarah Morgan, who said, um, <laughs> who said, Betty <laughs> White deader cunt. <laughs> happy, <laughs> happy. That's no way to talk about Betty White. <laughs> And then she said, Happy New Year. And I said, look, I'm sorry if I've upset you, but I did I, I don't know and if I don't know any better. And she sent me a picture of herself wearing a t-shirt with Betty White on it. And I was like, oh my God. Was he were you wearing that when you were just out of the blue? Dead. <laughs> um But then I got an email to my work email. Oh no. From someone called Harrison, that's his real name, or their real name, I don't know. Uh, Harrison, who said, I know you think you're funny with the podcast title, but can I suggest changing it? It wasn't fun to learn such a beloved creature, fucking creep, had passed had passed what? through the podcast title. Making, someone, making fun of someone dying isn't funny. I said this after your Bowie episode, and I'm saying it now. What... I, See, I can't remember what we said about Bowie dying. I thought we were all quite sad. I was, yeah, I can't imagine me being happy with someone. Mm. Like, that That was quite an upsetting week, I think. It was a live show. We were all really, really sad. I was really sad, yeah. I, I think I was, mm. I was think I was quite depressed as a sort of side dish anyway already, but I think that didn't help. Yeah, I think we all found out that Bowie had died think- on the way to the live podcast. And then we were like, 
Oh my God! Does people people see it, see the podcast as being a purely mm. comedy podcast, so that everything in it must <laughs> right. be a joke. So if we say Betty White is dead, they read that in context as oh, they're making fun of Betty White. But I, I'm pretty sure the whole point of that Bowie, I'd have to go back and listen to it. But and I can't. I, I like I despise listening to my own voice, which is just weird. The job I've chosen to do, um, but I, ca- I can't go back and listen to it. But I, 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 I really remember us being really sad that Bowie. I mean, died. you did dress up like a kind of eighties uh, era Bowie clown and do the entire of station to station <laughs> in a kind of silly squeaky voice using helium. It took out like all of the live show. We didn't get to do anything. But apart from that, I thought it was quite tasteful. And because I'd found out on the way, I'd basically had to make the Bowie costume on yeah. the way there from plastic bags and things I found on the floor. So. I don't know how you did the face paint, and I wasn't going to ask. <laughs> I cut my face with Stella cans. <laughs> <laughs> but I was like, I also, you make a good point though, Steve, because I did think the call on a podcast, Betty White is dead. It's not necessarily making fun of her dying, is it? Um, but also, I will be honest... I don't really know anything about Betty White. No, I didn't really know anything about her until she died, which yeah. which is which is I guess sad, but she was a golden girl, right? And people really love the golden girl. <laughs> she's I know a that, golden girl, yeah. I know was, if yeah. golden, she's, she's golden. A golden girl. <laughs> if Log was here, he'd probably be fucking I think he lo- yeah, screaming so, out of his I, ears I, now. I knew that she was generally I knew that she was in the Golden Girls. I knew that she was generally a lovely person and like, but I thought and lots of people are sort of like memefied her into this like absolute like internet legend, you know? Like she's on mugs and t-shirts and well, I'm absolutely into that. But I thought it was like a bit of fun, you know, like when we decided that the Babadook was really gay. <laughs> like <laughs> as the internet decided that. Like, so I thought that's what I thought it was. I, I so uh, but also I think she's yeah, she's lovely. She's 99, she's a legend. Like she's in a Simpsons episode that I really like. She I think she hosted Saturday Night Live and everyone liked her. Thing is, uh, I'm fine with that. And I, I I think she's I mean, everything that I know about Betty White, she seems like a legend. But I, I do take slight umbrage with the fact that this guy well, one has found my work email, which I do, probably isn't that hard to find. Um, but as now saying that I've upset the White Foundation or whatever. So I replied to him and I just said, Hi, mate. I'm really sorry you feel that way. The news came down the wire while I was on the day shift at regular features. And I'll be honest, I panicked. <laughs> I'm sorry you found out that way. But put it this way, at least you found out. Imagine you never found out. You're at a party this summer and people are like, Oi, Harrison, say the name of a famous person who definitely isn't dead. And you go, Betty White. Record scratch. Canopies drop. Everyone's looking at you. You stupid bastard. Can you imagine that (laughs) happening, Harrison? Sounds pretty rough to me, mate. Anyway, sorry you heard that the internet's nana died because of me. And I thought, end of story. Or was it? Because Harrison wrote back and said, you obviously don't know anything about Betty White. Otherwise, you wouldn't be so happy she's dead. I am not happy she's dead. I like Steve. It would have been great if she was 100 because that's a good number. It's a better number than 99. Um, And he said... 99 with a flake. I think it's classic. Oh, that's true, actually. I think think keep keep him wanting more. 99 problems, but Betty White ain't... Oh, no. Nah, what? Gavin. <laughs> I'm just saying personally here, 
I'd re- I, I I prefer to die at 99 than 100. Somebody write that down. Make it happen. Yeah. I, to be fair, it would be good because then everyone would just be fucking whinging or talking, oh, 100. And you'd be like, no, actually, he wanted to go when he was 99. So it's actually the perfect scenario for him. So he, he said, you obviously don't know anything about Betty White. Otherwise, you wouldn't be so happy she's dead. And he said, might I suggest you read this before deciding to be so heartless? Well, one, if, you, if you're on the side that I am heartless, I've already decided because it's already gone out. But he sent me a link to an article that was headlined <laughs> Eight Reasons Why Betty White is So Awesome <laughs> from a website called WMGK.com, which apparently is the website for 102.9 MGK Classic Rock, which is a radio station in Philadelphia. I think it's like, uh, what's that one? Radio X, but in Philadelphia. This is where he gets all of his golden girls information from apparently mate yeah <laughs> um although i looked on their website and they, at the time that he sent me a message they didn't have a story that betty white was dead so i was like i fucking scooped up <laughs> so but he said um, maybe they'll just add that as one of the points of the reasons you yeah. know the other article oh it's like eight reasons she's so awesome and one she's not and then the one is like she is dead um but so i guess harrison is from philadelphia maybe um but i have no idea what's going on with this article i looked at the website and on the station's instagram and the first post that i saw on their instagram was a post of a picture of fleetwood mac that just said make a bad named make a band name edible we'll go first fleetwood mac and cheese (laughs) (laughs) so i was like i don't know if these are how reputable this news outlet is, Harrison, I'll be honest. <laughs> like, is that news? But I thought I'll have a read of the article anyway. and Maybe I'll learn some stuff about Betty White. <clears throat> uh, one of the reasons <laughs> Betty White is so awesome, she likes her liquor. This is all real as well. Uh, she likes her liquor. Word is that Betty White loves good beverage. She is even rumoured to have a drink a night. <laughs> what? And there's a photo of That's a secret a to photo her with a massive parrot. <laughs> <laughs> parrot. parrot. Yeah. That's got no, nothing to do with drinking. Bevy White, more like. But I love that. <laughs> Bevy White. <laughs> she is even rumored to have a drink a night. In America, that's kind of weird. Like they do frown on that. Like really? they, just, they just drink like one day a week and then they get on it pretty hard. It's oh, I remember okay. the Yeah. That's just come back from America with yeah, all of the American lucky. facts. You had a I don't know if you if you copped the accent Howdy. when he said meters. <laughs> He's got a yeah. Oh and boy, just been down the old ranch farm. And another oh, thing they do in America. <laughs> um, <laughs> and this is yeah. So and then another entry just said she eats what she wants. The actress is known for being a snacker, and some of her go-to <laughs> snacks are hot dogs, French fries, red vines, and soda. So far, Betty White sounds like me. <laughs> a lot in common, yeah. Drinking and, and the snacking. photo to go with that one is just her on stage with her hands up in the air, going like, "Whoa!" Um, she's thinking about it's very important that people are not given the impression that she eats parrots. Yeah, <laughs> had to shuffle the images around. Like, but the thing is, then I started. I was like, "She's got, there's got to be more to her than this." 
Right. She's got a long and illustrious <laughs> yeah. career in Hollywood. Yeah, that I think should so. be number one. She's also like she's campaigned for a lot of gay rights and uh, uh, she loves red vines. <laughs> yeah, she loves those red vines. And put soda. That in. Put that in instead. That's not gonna. You know, that's that's a controversial one. Gav's not gonna read well with all the audiences. You know what everyone loves? Snacks. Um. I, so I, so I, generally, I was actually quite angry that he'd sent me this. Like, I was like, well, the, was, what, he, I want them to see the fucking obituary on this website. There's going to be a list of different <laughs> bags of crisps or something. Like, it just lists everything she ate on her last day. Um, but I was like, this is, I was like, if, say he was like the biggest Betty White fan in the world. And he's gone, you should read this. And then, and then it, and it was like, okay, this is going to be a big rundown of how amazing she is. And it's like, she likes pop. <laughs> Brilliant. <laughs> it's like, if I was taking the piss out of her, which I wasn't, by the way, it's not, that's not done much to change my mind. No. But, but because of his, I, after that, I actually looked her up before I replied to him and I was like she sounds she sounds fucking brilliant yeah, clearly like, great I mean, yeah she's class man um, but I was like I would say that article so poorly written I'd say that the straight up say of Betty White is dead is arguably less insulting to her being dead than this fucking piece of trash <laughs> I mean it does seem like this article is written by a Funko Pop you know yeah. it's that kind of it's just it's 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 terrifyingly anodyne I think it's, it'd be sad to imagine that like yeah, you know, you were famous enough for people to write about you, but like they just mm. sort of said you liked drinking cans of soda. I, but it caught me off. I wrote it back. Harrison, this is a fucking wind up. That was disgusting. Betty White would drop dead if she read something so horrible about herself. So it's lucky she is dead, actually. I think she'd be on my side about this. I would be horrified you said that to me to teach me about Betty White. Also, if you could make any band into a food with one word, what would it be? Mine would be tiramisu fighters. Like the Foo Fighters, but it's tiramisu. Cheers. <laughs> Goodbye. To your point about Betty White siding with you, like, I don't know Betty White, but I, I know enough about her that I do think she's very good-humoured and would probably definitely be so on your side against this article who... That summarised her as liking snacks and red vines and having a drink at night. Well, I also in all of my in my Betty White research to go back at Harrison, I did actually find a story about when one of the other Golden Girls was in hospital. Betty White apparently famously sent her a card, going, "Can you hurry up and die, please, so I can have all the money <laughs> from the Golden Girls?" And I was like, "That's pretty funny." Um, so I think she, I think she'd be into this. I had, I've did hear that uh, she really likes your um, that feature you did where uh, the guy stole your stole your PlayStation Vita yeah. and you um you pretended to be. She the, also yeah. hates magicians as she, well. Uh, so yeah. Um, yeah, Harrison wrote back anyway. He says you're being incredibly disrespectful. How would you like it if your grandmother died and someone was being disrespectful about her on the internet? And I said, well, I mean. I'd be gutted if some dork was eulogising her via the medium of a shite list feature, mate. I said, also, nothing for tiramisu fighters. <laughs> what about Harry Belafontatos? <laughs> Come on, don't be fucking tight. I like tiramisu fighters. <laughs> I don't. I think it works better said than maybe read, but I think that's Absolutely great. It does. I love it. <laughs> what about Harry Belafontatos? <laughs> That's less less strong. That one's not not so good. 
Yeah, I said, come on, don't be fucking tight. And he wrote back and just said, so disrespectful. <sighs> yeah, mad. I didn't really, like, I, I think I come out of that a bigger Betty White fan than Harrison, I'll be honest. I feel like, in a way, mm, what yeah. it might be is, like, a case of the boy who cried wolf and the fact that because you have wronged people so mm. many times... Depending on who you ask, but it's fine. And, and, and developed a, a, a reputation within the podcast as being the naughty bad boy who's messaging people and pushing it too far, mm. it now means that you can't say something really That's anodyne it, and yeah. flat without people thinking that, like, you are trying to exhume a corpse and get a PS Vita from a beloved, uh, the body of a beloved actress. People, yeah, people, people are especially, it's weird, people are very touchy about death. Some people think that you, you literally cannot utter the name of the person yeah. who's died because it would be disrespectful to, to raise their and name. And the problem is, right, like, it happens... That. Or to have like any levity at yeah. all. You can't, around you can't stop it. It's going to happen to everybody. There's not a way of stopping it. It's just going to happen. So like, I think it's one of these things where like, it's really sad when people die before their time and have accidents and unfortunate things. But when people are just really old and they die, it's like, well, that's that's kind of, that's you just celebrate their life. Be like, that was cool. Look at this person. They did all this great stuff. Yeah. And now they died in a peaceful way possible. That's actually kind of lovely. It's like mm. rather than people being like, "Oh no!" It's like, what? What do you think's gonna happen? Like, like people, they can't just keep going, and if they do, it's not nice. Yeah. Anyway, it's, it's a bit, bit grim. That's, I like, I like that that way of thinking about it because it means that we were right all along, and we've yeah. got nothing to learn and no way to grow. <laughs> <laughs> no more chant-year-old rhymes about old Gavin's bum. His cheeks I do little admire By Scrabble's tight bod I am quite overcome And his biceps do make me perspire Whether wrapped like a present upon the cold floor Or his bum's free to jostle and shake I'll slither on up and unhinge my jaw And gobble him up like a snake regular features so as you pointed out earlier uh, i went wearing stetsons and uh, and all sorts of other things got those little clippy bits on my on my shoes that let me dig in to animals or vehicles and make them go faster that's right i've been to america before the end of the year i took a little a little risco and i decided to fly over to another country into the the heart of the devil's mouth during times of Omicron, destroyer of pre-Christmas drinks plans. And it was fine. It's like at the end of Interstellar when he flies into the black hole. I still haven't seen that, but I mean, that doesn't surprise me. Anyway, um, I I basically managed to go across the world and then come back and not get COVID. And I'm really, really quite thrilled about that. But while I was out there, I did have a bit of a hairy situation in the fact that I'm a seasoned traveller. Like, I'm, I'm... Basically, someone's rubbed rubbed salt and pepper just all over me and my suitcase, and I'm ready to be popped into the the broiler. Broiler, get a load of this. <laughs> broiler. They call broiler. it broiling over there instead of boiling. <laughs> <laughs> Doing a big wink that if I wound you up as an American, then I won. Uh, I realised I didn't have my passport about a week into the trip, which was interesting because I've never lost my passport whilst uh, on a on a trip in another country before. But that was a bit of excitement for me because I realised that basically it had either been stolen, 
which I don't mm. think I don't think that happened. But it might have done. It's a possibility. Yeah, someone could have stolen it. Who knows? Yeah. People yeah, steal I, things. I just realized that a back pocket where I keep my things was open and it wasn't there. It's more likely it just fell out on a train. But it's mm. fine. This is this is what happens when you basically just get so used to traveling around that you fling things around recklessly and just don't give a fuck about anything. Do you it remember when we happened. were in New York? Like and you I left your vividly. camera. You left you left your brand new beautiful camera in the back of a taxi cab and we got out and we were walking around and then you just went I re- I can see your face right now it's burned into my head because you just went oh fuck my camera and oh. luckily there was traffic that famous New York traffic yeah. um, and you just run down and you managed to get it back but what you know, I'd, trip I, been? I had forgotten about that entirely until you said that. But yeah, usually that stuff happens. There was another time where at one point I remember stepping through into the lobby of the airport and immediately just set my brain just going, you left your passport in the um, safe in the hotel and you never took it out. And that's the last time I've ever used safes in hotels because that's all they're good for is putting things in them <laughs> and then forgetting about them. Uh, but I managed again just to turn around, run, get in the same taxi I'd just got out of and be like, please just take me back to where I was. Anyway, it basically meant that I'd lost it, lost it. It wasn't like I could go and find it. It just wasn't anywhere. So I had to make a little impromptu visit to the British Embassy in New York. So after a bit of admin and tippy-tappy, I basically had a little day trip to New York. And it did make me think a lot about actually the time me and you went to New York, Gav, because it was similar weather. It was December. It was a bright cold day and i was really weighing up whether or not i had time in my literal round trip on the day of our flight home to just get a train to new york go to the embassy and then get a train back to philadelphia and then fly out i was really thinking about trying to go to the high line i was like i might be able to squeeze in a little quick walk to the high line i probably could have done but i it won't amaze you to realize i didn't but i did have a walk you were in philadelphia yeah this is Philadelphia, where the website, where the radio station MGK Classic Rock (laughs) 102.9 is broadcast. I know. Hang on a minute. Listen, I know what it seems like, but it wasn't me. I didn't kill Betty. Um, I had to do this crazy round trip and it was quite exciting. Um, But it did mean I got to walk through Manhattan for like basically a morning walk. So... It's like you would never do that. You never like, I'm going to get a train to another New York City and then back again. But in the end, it was fine. However, I had an interesting time when I got to the, the part of New York, which is all about the, um, the foreign embassies, because there's tons of them, right? And some of them are really well labeled. They're like the Turkish embassy. It's a gigantic, shiny gold place full of people. You can't miss it. Other ones are just like you go into a building and ask at a desk and... And like they're just unmarked doors, and you walk in and be like, "Excuse me, is this the British Embassy?" And they just go, "No." And you're like, you just almost want to go, "Well, what is it?" Because <laughs> it's like unmarked doors with security doors behind them, all sorts of cool, it's probably spy shit going on. If I'm completely honest, Ireland's just a a wee a two floors of a wee one <laughs> in uh, uptown. I mean, there was also like a a dry cleaners I spotted on Google Maps in the heart of this embassy land that was specifically servicing people who work in the embassies that was called UN and then peace as in three piece suit UN peace cleaners which I thought was yeah that I, was good. good I thought you were going to say they specifically washed <laughs> flags I wouldn't be surprised there's so many flags there I, I reckon there's probably somebody who does that comes along with a little uh, a little heat cleaner does them all but mm. yeah I had an appointment for 11am at the British Embassy and they were like you have to be here for this time how stressed are you at this point? 
Not too bad, because I've made myself a really tight plan. I've also, because I'm traveling with two people who've never traveled before on a work trip, um, and one of whom has never been to America before. The other person hasn't been flown since they were 11. But so you were, I'm assuming that, yeah, you were trip dad on this. So you were like, don't worry, I'll show you around. Like, I'll be the responsible one here. Oh, fuck, I don't have a passport. Yeah, so. (laughs) Stop panicking, stop panicking. Give me yours. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> yeah, so my main thing was was not telling anyone else until the point where I just had to say, well, look, actually, can everyone just check their bags to see that they haven't got yeah. my passport? Because I, I kept it pretty quiet until Fuck. I was like, no, that's the next thing I need to do before I cancel it. But yeah, yeah, it basically yeah. meant that the biggest part of the job was making like a five-page Google document, which basically was like, it was like a choose-your-own-adventure of admin of being like, to replace me it's like okay if i'm an hour late go to this page do all of these things it's yeah. like if i'm more than an hour late guess what i'm not coming <laughs> then being like do these things <laughs> so it's basically like kind of like here's me in a google doc um just in case yeah. but anyway it was all right i had some really good contingency times and the fact that it was telling me like when you get a Penn station like get the underground get the and i'm like no like it's it's like a half an hour walk through manhattan it's a nice day people don't do that but can't you see I'm walking here? That's what Christopher yeah. Walken says when he's trying to get past. <laughs> I get there. I say, I've got an appointment. They buzz me up. They say, look, go up to this floor. I get in this lift on my own. And it's not even like I get to choose the floor. I get in the lift and it takes me to that floor because somebody has like called that lift for me to take me specifically to that place and nowhere else. Yeah. Mm. I step out of the lift and the room I'm in is pitch black. Suddenly all the lights like clicker on and flicker on like due to sensors it's some real fucking doctor who cybermen shit sensors or the queen is like, <laughs> she's got you on cctv it's like he's here there's a small cctv camera moving to look at me and it's it's shaped and look like it looks like a bee and it says queenie yeah. underneath it no, I wish that was true, but it's nothing like that. <laughs> and at the end of this room, it was just like literally lifts. Your passport was there. Just, a, <laughs> just spotlit by a single light. But I knew it was a trap. There's <laughs> <laughs> just like these glass doors, big glass doors. And behind it, another room that's just dark. Again, it's like I basically feel like I come up to an abandoned building. I walk up to the doors, try and open them. They're locked. Again, the the room behind it, I can see it kind of looks like a British embassy thing, but all the lights are off and there's nobody in it. And I'm just hovering around this lobby now being like, well, my appointment is now. If I go back down to the lobby, because like I had to even be buzzed through some security gates to get through. I think even getting back up here, if I leave and go down, is going to be difficult. Like, because I had to have people literally like watching me signaling to go through a door or pressing a button, letting me through all these layers of security i'm like if i go out Mm. i'm out and then if i can't get back in again then i'm not going home so i just stay up there simple as for a couple of minutes looking around being like don't know what i'm supposed to do here and then somebody else comes up in the lift (sighs) thankfully i explained to them i've got a meeting at 11 and they go oh oh you better come in they better come in they walk in walk into the second room the lights come on and yeah this is this is like it's got a big union jack on the wall it's got a quite a large picture of the queen that's the clue you're looking for (laughs) I knew over the right place. <laughs> yes, this one. I know this lady. And uh, you've got a, a big red phone box as well. And lots of like inane uh, taglines on the wall, like making great Sherlock running on the tellies. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's it. There was a big telly switched off. Um, there was like 
uh, I, I really needed the toilet, but I went into the toilets and the toilets, they didn't have the light on. I couldn't work out if there wasn't a light. So I had to literally like go and do a kind of like, uh, like daredevil style piss in a poo, like in a pitch black room. Cause I thought the last thing I'm going to do if I'm in the British embassy is leave the door mm. to the bathroom open. That's not, that's not on her majesty's life. Is that going to be allowed? <laughs> no. That's not on it. So what's going on? Why is why is it so dark at the British Embassy? I don't know. So basically, I then I go, okay, good, fine. I sit down on this on this kind of like very Britpop chaise long they've got going on there, and I just sit down and wait. And there's there's a kind of glass wall with some like you know where you can go and speak through a glass wall with microphones like they've got with the buttons and things. Mm. But there's nobody behind that either. And there's a light off behind there. The light in the room I'm in is only on because I'm in the room. And then I just sit there and wait. And I wait for about 20 minutes. And I don't see anybody. Anybody at all. Um, at one point a man comes in, an American, and asks me if I'm here for the photo shoot. And I cannot tell you how difficult it was for me to to say no. Because <laughs> I, I, I was purely like in kind of I think when I'm in America, particularly, I go into kind of Gav mischief goblin mode for some reason. Yeah, and crazy I was, I, adventure you could have gone on. I know. I really wanted man. to be like, yes. Um, but they were they were like then going to do a photo shoot. And they were like, ah, come on. They said to someone else, they were with, oh, come on, we'll go and do it in here. They've got like a flag and all this other chintzy shit. <laughs> and it was like, I just want to go, excuse me, sir. <laughs> that is my were majesty, not, the were, queen you are talking about. When they said um, photo shoot, did they not mean like... When you've got to have your photo taken for your passport, but it's in America, so everything's a little bit more grand. Isn't it? So they call that a photo shoot. I just wanted to go along with it. Like I, you know, I got into like when I was trying to go through when I had my passport. I remember at one point they took my passport off me and then said, "I'm going to need some identification." I was like, "Mate, you've got it. That's my passport. You've got it." And he's like, "And he's like, all right, how old are you?" And I'm like, "I don't know. It's, we've been in a pandemic for two years. Like, I was like, I can tell you when I was born. Like, and they're just not up for chat in airports. I find anyway. Um." I've, I realise I've been waiting for 25 minutes now, and apart from seeing some oh, Americans God. asking me if I'm involved in a photo shoot, I, there's nobody here, and I've not seen anyone. So at this point, I'm just pacing around the room. I actually start to video myself a little bit, making myself a little mm. vlog. like, And I didn't post it online because I thought, like, I'm not sure I'm allowed to even film in here or take photographs in here, but there's nobody here, so why not? But at the same time, I thought if I put it online, the last thing I want is to be like... I mean, being deported would be fine, but I don't want to be detained or something for breaking the Queen's. You get rugby tackled rules. by one of the Queen's guards on the way out. Exactly. He takes I... his passport back. I'll be having this. Uh, Fuck you. But I need it. It's my magic travel booklet. Anyway, um, I'm just there on my own, and I don't know what to do. There's a there's a phone on the table that allows me to press some bu- preordained buttons that go through different lines. I press the top one that just says like Embassy Desk. And it yeah. just starts making the phone behind the window ring where there is nobody <laughs> sitting. <laughs> the other ones don't work. And then the last one is like embassy helpline. And at this point, I'm through to this number and they pick up. And it's like, please be aware that calls to this are charged at a rate of one pound. And I'm just thinking, well, I don't care because this is literally getting charged to like the embassy. Like, fill your boots sort of thing. And I get Our through tax to tax money that's paid for that, Matt. Yeah. I've just filed my tax return. How much well, of it's gone on that bloody phone call? A lot of it. I was on the phone for at least five minutes. 
um, because I had to press loads of buttons to get through loads of menus, which were all amazing, I might add, because every time I went through to a new part of the menu, it seemed to be voiced by a different British voice, which was always like a fucking unbelievably British voice. It was like... like uh, the BA safety video where it's like Olivia Coleman and then it's like all these other British people. No, it was very much like... They weren't famous British people. They just they just all felt like the sort of people you might meet in a government building in a James Bond film or mm. on a hunting weekend. Well, like Judy like, Dench. <laughs> Hello and welcome <laughs> to the British Embassy. If you need help with any of these services, please be aware that during this time we are receiving an unprecedented number of phone calls about mm. English matters. I eventually get through to a woman and... and I'm basically just saying to her, look, I don't know what's going on. I'm in the British Embassy, but there is literally no one here. And she's like, oh, well, you know, if you... And then she's like, let me try and call them. And she got... and it's literally, I see the phone behind the window ringing. And I'm having to say to her, like, look, you're, you're trying to... You can't get through to... Because there's nobody here. Um, oh, I see what the problem is. You appear to have become stuck in a metaphor for the British government, Matthew. <laughs> it was just... It felt like that was it. I was just thinking, what is what is going on with this this country? And at this point, I was increasingly getting the fear because I know what our country is like. That that basically, if this is an office that was staffed by British people, we'd now hit the zone of December where I, there was a good chance that maybe they'd just gone, you know what? It's quite quiet today. Should we just sack it off and have a Christmas party down the pub? Because it, it everyone happened. was gone. And I was like, well, that's lovely. But if I don't get a passport within the next like twenty minutes, I am I'm not going home. I'm not going home. Anyway, after a lot of back and forth with me, basically oh. struggling to convince this woman that there was nobody in the office at all, um, and her being genuinely perplexed. In the traditional British phone line manner, she just accidentally hung up on me, and then um, <laughs> which one? I was literally just going. I was walking around this like not insubstantial room just talking to myself like thinking about like I I, I could make the most of this I could climb on top of the red phone box there's nobody here to stop me I can you know what can I do in this space to make any of this worthwhile at which point a man comes out of a door which no one has come out of before a locked door and I immediately just turn to him and say do you work for the British Embassy at which point he just stops for a second, freezes, and then says to me, how did you get in here? <laughs> After which point, it turns out, I'm not on the right floor. And I've been, oh, basically, what? I've been sent through to the, and then I went, I got, I buzzed up one floor higher. This very kind British gentleman took me up to that. He said he worked for the trade department and looked terrified, frankly, that anyone, basically I'd broken in <laughs> to a part of the British embassy that I wasn't supposed to be in. Um, and upstairs was almost identical, but there were people there and a kind man gave me my temporary passport and uh, it was delightful. But yeah, I, it was a fun little adventure. And I'm, I'm kind of... That's a stress. It was... I'm, I almost did myself in by not being stressed because part of me was like, look, mate, you've got an appointment. Just sit on the sofa, play on yeah. your Switch. At some point, somebody will come and sort it out. And I have no idea how long I could have been there or, oh or what kind of trouble I could have got into at some point. Like, because I don't know what that room was for, but I, I, the man seemed like pretty frightened that a civilian had gotten in there i think he had nuclear codes just knocking around just behind that door that he was working on yeah i weren't supposed to see it i could have spiked it i could have spiked the big deal 
that would have traded. You could have got some Big good ben. tariffs. You should have raised the tariffs on importing podcasts, <laughs> oh. so they'll have to uh, listen to our podcast in oh. the UK. No more this American life unless you pony up some dough. <laughs> what could have been? But yeah, that that wow. was uh, when I broke into the British Embassy like a school spy. Well, I'm glad you're back. I knew the ending of the story because you're here. I know. So. It's a spoiler, right? Yeah, that's I true. didn't get detained. The Queen didn't have me killed yet. If anybody has managed to break into a foreign embassy uh, themselves, then do let us know. I did a feature and I liked it. I hope my boyfriend don't mind it. <laughs> <laughs> and now it's time for Steve's regular feature, Steve's... You are Stephen Hendry. Can you escape from the hermetically sealed panic room you locked yourself inside 681 days ago when you saw a coronavirus floating around in your breakfast nook? As you all know, Stephen Hendry imprisoned himself in a protective panic room at the beginning of the pandemic and has not been heard from since. Have either of you ever read World War Z? Yeah, it's all right. One of the stories in that book is about how um, North Korea, when the zombie outbreak happens, North Korea just like goes goes dark and uh, cuts all communications and uh, puts the entire population in underground bunkers. And then after the pandemic has ended, the pan- the, the, the uh, zombie outbreak, uh, no one can get in touch with North Korea anymore to tell them that there's to no more zombies. To let them know. Yeah. So they don't oh, know if they're going to open up good. the vaults and find lots of frightened North Koreans or North Korean zombies. So they just leave it. Oh. Just leave it alone. <laughs> just, you got to stop that. <laughs> just like businesses before. You are Scottish former professional snooker champion Stephen Hendry, and you've been locked inside your hermetically sealed panic room for 681 days after seeing an individual grain of coronavirus hovering around menacingly near your bread bin back in early 2020. With no connection to the outside world, you have no way of knowing if it's safe to leave or if the global pandemic has wiped humanity off the face of the earth. For all you know, the only thing standing between you and a thick green soup of toxic coronavirus gas is the seven-inch thick steel door of your panic room. Stephen Hendry might be the last man alive in the entire world, like Will Smith in that film, Hitch. You built this panic room with your own Stephen Hendry hands back in 1998, just in case you had to ride out Y2K, but you find it serving its purpose equally well as a Rona bunker. You have one of those devices that turns your piss into fresh water, like Mel Gibson had in that film, The Passion of the Christ. (laughs) You have 15 years worth of boots, multivitamins, Jacob's cream crackers, and those individually wrapped bits of rock-hard cheese you only get on aeroplanes. You cannot leave, so you wait and wait for somebody to come and get you. Nobody can tell you There's only one song worth singing At 7am sharp, the bunker's automated systems lurch into life. A vinyl record player begins playing Stephen Hendry's wake-up music. As one by one, artificial natural light bulbs flicker to life and illuminate the Tesco extra-sized bunker Stephen has called home for two years. Like clockwork, Stephen Hendry rises from his single bed and begins his morning routine for the 681st time. 
He downs two multivitamins with recycled piss water and warms a cream cracker in the mini oven before doing 50 chin-ups in a corner of the bunker he's transformed into a makeshift gym. By the time he's finished exercising and showering in piss water, his cracker is hot enough to slightly soften the domino-sized slab of cheddar, exactly how Stephen likes it. He takes his breakfast at the small round dining table as usual and rereads his cracked and worn paperback of Say Goodnight JV, the John Fergo autobiography. It is now 7.35am. You've got 12 hours to kill before it's time to go back to bed. Stephen Hendry is bored. Stephen Hendry is losing his mind. Why has nobody come for Stephen Hendry? Do you? A. Stare at the wall of the bunker for 8 hours. Or B. Peruse your meticulously organized collection of vintage snooker balls. Balls, 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 balls. You rise from your meal and brush the cream cracker crumbs from your lap, making a mental note to clean the mess up really slowly with a dustpan and brush later on for something to do. For now, you do a cool series of forward tumbles towards your special wall of snooker balls, each one kept inside a safety deposit box like how they do in a big bank, like in that Ben Kingsley film where they break into a bank to steal all those safety deposit boxes. You know the one, don't you? Uh, Shinder's List. Shinder's List. Yeah. <laughs> I'll take Shinder's List. But what's this? One snooker ball is out of its box and sitting on the upturned tub you use to ferry recycled piss water from the piss water recycling unit to the shower cubicle. Who's been messing with your wall of rare snooker balls? Certainly not Stephen Hendry. You would never leave a snooker ball unattended like this. You look a little closer. Oh, that explains it. This isn't any regular old snooker ball. It's Snooky, your friend. The talking snooker ball that started whispering secrets to you about 172 days ago. Good evening, Stephen. My name is Snooky. The snooker ball. Do you? A. Say, I know what your bloody name is, Snooky. Or B. Say, Snooky, hey listen, just between us old pals, I think this self-isolation business is starting to get to me. Yesterday, I could have sworn that the pisswater refinement unit started recounting the story of my legendary victory over Jimmy White at the 1994 World Snooker Championships. That's preposterous, Stephen. Pisswater refinement units cannot talk. I am at your only friend. I'm your only friend here in the bunker. Me, Snooky. <laughs> Do you, A, say, Well, Snooky, you've never steered me wrong before. But all the same, I think it's time we both got out of here. If the world has ended, we may have to repopulate it. Can you imagine, Snooky? An entire race of superhuman snooker players? It almost doesn't bear thinking about. Chalk would be money in this society. Chalk would be coins to them. Or B, say, You're not wrong, Snooky, but if it's all the same to you, I think we need a plan to get out of here. Maybe the world has ended, but this bunker is too small for a man of my ambitions. I think if I weren't in this bunker, I would have relaunched my professional career in September of 2020, following me, me catching the yips. <laughs> Which he's recovered from. Which, oh, good. Uh, money chalk. Stephen, there is nobody out there for you. You have been locked inside this bunker for 681 days, and nobody has come to find you. I have calculated all possible outcomes using snooker mathematics. Do you want to know how many possible outcomes there are? There are two. Everybody is either dead because of the coronavirus, or they have all forgotten about you. They're all out there like, doop de doo what is a Stephen Hendry? And somebody else is like, who is that? 
I don't even know who that is. Why are you making up names? You begin to suspect that Snooky doesn't have your best interests at heart, and gently place him back in his velvet-lined box. Sleep now, Snooky. You must be tired, otherwise you wouldn't say such terrible things. <laughs> Cut to 6pm. Stephen Hendry is eating his dinner of multivitamins, crackers and cheese at the bunker's dining table. Across from him is Snooky, a napkin tied around his ball, with his own meal of just half a cracker. Snooky is lactose intolerant. How is it? asks Stephen Hendry. Snooky is silent. Shy now, are we? says Hendry. Snooky says nothing, but glints smugly in the artificial light. Well, I hope you like it, Snooky, because I made it special just for you. Tastes a little different? That's right. It's poison. You're eating poison! Cuts to 3am. Stephen Hendry awakes in the darkness of the bunker. It must still be early. You have the curious sensation that you're being watched, that somewhere in the inky black bunker, a tiny red snooker ball is staring at you. Snooky! You shout. Snooky, I know it's you! I know you're planning to kill me! <laughs> Do you? A. Fumble around for a weapon. You have to kill Snooky before he gets you. This time he's gone too far. It's kill or be killed. Or B. Turn on the lights. Snooky is blind because he is a snooker ball and doesn't have any eyes. The darkness is his ally, not yours. <laughs> I think I think it is kill or be killed, but we should turn the lights on. Because I think you're right. The darkness is his ally, not ours. Lights on. Lights on. The bunker lights activate with an electrical crack, blinding you momentarily as your wet human eyes adjust to the brightness. Snooky! Snooky, you son of a bitch! You scream as you flail wildly around your sleeping quarters, like a bird that got into a shopping centre and can't get back out. In your panic, you step on a small, round object, which sends you tumbling arse over Hendry, sprawled out flat by the side of your bed. Dazed and confused, your vision begins to blur like when you get shot in Call of Duty. You feel the weight of a snooker ball rolling up your chest and towards your wide-open mouth. Unable to move, Snooky pockets himself in Stephen Hendry's wet gob, blocking the airway that Stephen Hendry uses to breathe. The light begins to fade. This is the end for Stephen Hendry, dead of snooker. How ironic. Do you? A. Die of snooker. How ironic. Or B. Not that. Not today. Mm. Not today, Snooky. Not today. I was going to die, but not today, <laughs> Snooky. I like that. Your febrile grip on consciousness ebbs away. In front of you, you see a vast green bay's staircase leading to a hovering crucible sort of deal where all of your favourite dead snooker players are there waiting for you, such as Joe Davis and some of the other ones. Then, like a punch for the ribs, you lurch back to life with a gasp. John Virgo is towering above you, all six foot two of him according to wikiheights.com. He's just popped Snooky out of your mouth using his legendary trick shot abilities and one of those really long special snooker cues with that kind of little X at the end of it, which you always thought was kind of like cheating. Hello, Stephen Hendry, says John Virgo. It's taken us two years, but me and all of your friends have finally cracked open the panic room to rescue you. We've all missed you so much. You thank John Virgo profusely as you rise to your feet. So they didn't forget about you, and coronavirus is cured? John Virgo chuckles. Well, not quite yet, but we can explain everything over a nice tall glass of piss water. Huh? 
you rub your eyes in disbelief, and said, John Virgo is gone. The panic room door is still locked shut. <gasps> the only thing in the room are you and the piss water recycling unit. Yes, Stephen. Piss water. Wouldn't you like some piss water? Let's all go for some piss water. I've just refined you a lovely pint of piss water. Come drink the piss water. I am the piss water recycling unit. That is the twist. I am the piss water recycling unit and you are still inside the bunker. Stephen Hendry's alarm goes off, as it has every morning for the last 682 days in the panic room. Like clockwork, Stephen Hendry rises and sets about his routine. Well, that's it for this week's episode of the Regular Features Podcast. If you like the podcast, you can go to patreon.com forward slash and help us out by donating an episode. Donating an episode? You fully wish. Donating an amount of your choosing per episode. In return, you will get your very own B-name. Boys, could you please give B-names to these following new patrons of ours? Please give a B-name to Rory Macalone. Lonely Macaroni. Lonely macaroni. Is that is that is that too not be enough? I think every now and then you're allowed to have a bee that doesn't have a bee name because it's like they're being a rogue bee within the hive, right? And everyone else is like, mm. why are they trying to be clever by not having a name like a bee? This is the bees talking yeah, to each other. I, we're not co- we're not called like human Matt. Are we? <laughs> yeah, like, we that's what it says on my business cards. Teeth Steve. <laughs> <laughs> that's the next. That's my one, human so. name. <laughs> Please give a B name to Stuart Turner. Bombus Erectus. Bombus Erectus. Is that Latin for a B? I think Bombus is Latin for B, isn't it? Bombus. Bombus Erectus. Yeah, Bombus is... is that's, I didn't even know that was in my head. Um, <laughs> it's apparently is Latin for bumblebee. I wow, think. so it's like wow. Bombus Erectus is properly like the, the two. It's got a bee is standing up. <laughs> Please give a B name to Eddie O'Keefe. Lucky in grief, B for a queef. <laughs> Lucky in grief. <laughs> Lucky in grief, B for a queef. B for a queef. You heard him. It's, it's like a in. it's like a bingo call out, really, but also yeah, a name. Like a... Please give a B name to Sam Jet. B fuel doesn't melt. B beams. <laughs> Jet fuel doesn't melt steel. Bees. 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 That's steel it. Bees. That's it. Jet fuel doesn't melt steel. Bees. That's it. Jet. That is good. That's what I was oh, trying to I find and I couldn't. Finally, please give a bee name to Paul Crescenzi. What's his name? Paul Crescenzi. Sailing away on the crest of a bee. <laughs> it's like magic. <laughs> I like that. Yeah. I like it. That's- I'm poetry tonight. It's poetry, it's like isn't it? I, I came up with that, by the way. Yeah. <laughs> I came up with that just now. Also, well, I came up with Bombus Erectus, <laughs> which apparently is the name for a bee. A bee on so two legs. I'm good uh, at Latin. Yeah. So we, we've all learned a little bit of something about each other tonight, haven't we? Steve wrote that uh, song but, when he was in the Electric Bee Orchestra, I think. Yeah. 
That's, oh, that's nice. true. That is true. You also, as well as getting a bee name, you get access to the Beehive, where we sometimes post behind-the-scene pictures, like the one I'm about to take now, um, which, I mean, it's a happening old place. You heard me earlier when I read out a little bit of chat from the Beehive. That's essentially making podcasters out of the bees. <laughs> We're in big trouble with, um, with one of the Beehive residents for not shouting out their... Um, the Chav Anthem uh, knockout um, championship. And it's over what? now, so we can't even mention it. Oh, no. <laughs> Are we in big trouble with them? Is that who emailed me? Harrison. <laughs> so I- <laughs> under a pseudonym, just to try and get under your skin. Uh, yeah, but he's emailing me about B.T. White. <laughs> there's another um, knockout um, best of thing happening now, and it's um, some someone's... Made a compilation of every time. What are you fucking talking about? <laughs> Championship, knockout, tournament. I don't know. <laughs> Just say it. What oh, I part of it is it. it in? What bit is it in? Because uh, I think it's in the bands mobile. It's in the you can't. Mobile. Okay, you can't say strongly enough about the behind the scenes photos. I, I, I logged on recently, and there was just so many photos of, of you lot just drunk in the pub. I think like it was, it was a proper. What? Oh yeah, it was a proper we a stream of consciousness, but for photos. I think that's a that's the kind of behind the scenes reality that you just you know you just don't get anywhere else. You know, can we um, can we give this? Is it beat beat Ibrahim? Is it this person? Yeah, yeah, beat beat Ibrahim. Can we just give them their own? channel for this nonsense <laughs> well, that might be an idea what's it, co- what's it called i don't i don't know i just know it's about me it's about you yeah it's it's every right. time i've said now it's time for steve's regular feature he's clipped them oh. all out and he's um oh. he's doing a little verse people people can vote on the, my voice saying the oh, same the, words in two different okay, ways okay this, this actually sounds good <laughs> oh my god what the fuck it's a is huge this? effort he's done so much hard work on it there was like a collaborative database is, people used. This is great. Yeah, this what is. Should, what can I? What can I call this channel? I'll do it live. See, can't really have a possessive apostrophe. Time so. for Steve. Time for Steve. Time, perfect. Time for Steve. That's great. They'll appreciate Solid. that as well. And I think people Good. who don't, who aren't into uh, hearing me say the same words over and over again, would appreciate it not being in the Bansmobile. I've seen that. He appear. doesn't know this. He doesn't know that I've slagged this off at this point. So I'm going to reply to him in this. Go, ha ha ha! I love this. I love it so much. I've given you your own channel, and he's going to be like, "Oh, Gav's so nice. What a legend." Maybe everyone was wrong about Gav all along, and they listened to this <laughs> and with me going, "What the fuck are you all about?" <laughs> but for now, hero. <laughs> that precious window. Before they yeah. realise that you too have been betrayed by this Betty bashing bastard. Bottom line is, there's lots of fun things to do in the Discord. Yeah. Oh, the end of the podcast. Oh, you can uh, just we'll be back next us- week with a brand new episode. What is that, Matt? What? I was going to say, or you can just support the podcast on Patreon because you think it's a ruddy good podcast and you like it and you want it to be continued and fun and funded. Couldn't have said it better myself. We'll be back next week with another episode of it. Goodbye. Thought I was lost in a hairy pies. Soon turned out it was Gavin's eyes. Did it soon?
Regular features. <laughs> <laughs>